When looking at some of South Carolina's football players that have or plan to enter the transfer portal, there's a notable trend that could be hinting at what the strategy is for Shane Beamer and his staff in this offseason. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I am Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can fail like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. It is officially opening day of the undergraduate transfer portal window for South Carolina and the rest of college football. And when looking at some of these portal defections for the Gamecocks, there seems to be an apparent strategy that is in play for Shane Beamer and the staff heading into what is a very crucial offseason and transfer portal cycle for this program. We're going to touch on that at the beginning of the show, and then we're going to discuss a few players that the Gamecocks have either offered or in contention for, and maybe which ones the Gamecocks would like to get the most. And then finally, we'll address the Juice Well situation, him officially announcing that he is entering the transfer portal, and whether or not Gamecock fans have a right to be upset with Juice Wells. We'll touch on all of that on today's edition of Locked on Gamecocks. But let's start off with some of these portal defections, because when looking at some of the names that are going to be entering the portal for South Carolina, it seems like Shane Beamer and this staff are going to be using a different portal strategy in this transfer portal cycle. Now, the strategy for this team the past couple of years was a very conventional strategy that a lot of teams have utilized when it comes to the transfer portal. And that is essentially using the portal to supplement your roster. Try and plug in some obvious holes that are developing at certain spots. But this season, this offseason I should say, for Shane Beamer and the staff, it kind of seems like that they might be embracing maybe more of a, uh, I don't want to say controversial strategy, but it's kind of the best way I can term it. The strategy of basically freeing up scholarships like it is the NFL, essentially. Even if it means you see a mass exodus at a particular position. Now, I want to say, first of all, this is just a hypothesis of mine based on what has happened with some of these parole defections to this point. I cannot confirm that this is indeed what Shane Beamer and the staff are doing with some of these players. And I also want to say this. The players that I do mention for this portion of the show, this is not meant as a shot at these players, okay? There could be multiple reasons or different reasons why some of these guys are leaving Columbia and moving on to a new stop. And also, some of these players could wind up doing great at their next stop. You know, sometimes it just takes a change of scenery. You know, you just ask a guy like Spencer Rattler. Sometimes that's all you need in order to try and progress, whether it's in your own job or in, you know, in this case, in the game of football. So I want to make all that clear before we get into this. But 
Let's start off by looking at the wide receiver position because South Carolina right now, uh, that room is looking like the Will Smith gif where basically Will Smith is standing in the middle of a room and it's completely empty. He's the only one in the middle of it. Right now, Nicholas Harbin, Tyshawn Russell, those are really the two guys that are kind of, you know, in an empty room by themselves. Elijah Caldwell will be coming back, of course, this next season as of right now. But there's very few bodies there at that position. Juice Wells, obviously, is moving on. We'll touch on him later in the show, as I mentioned earlier. Omega Blake is also entering the transfer portal. And you've also got guys like Landon Sampson, Kyla Corden, and Xavier Short that are entering the transfer portal. And as the last two guys in particular that I really want to talk about, because with Kyla Corden and Xavier Short specifically, both of those guys had one game appearance combined between the two of them over the past two seasons. And quite frankly, both of these guys have been surpassed by younger players on the roster. So my point there is, you know, it might not be a big surprise to see those two guys enter the portal. Now let's move on to the quarterback position. Tanner Bailey and Colton Gather, both of those guys have entered the transfer portal. And admittedly, for both of these guys, it was really a no-win situation at this point in terms of the depth chart. Lenore Sellers, he looks to be the quarterback of the future, obviously, based on the practice reps he was getting in fall camp and what we saw back in the 2023 football season. Sellers has already surpassed both of these guys. And then you have Dante Reno coming in this coming off season. And he will likely probably be a guy that very quickly leaps up the depth chart as well. These guys, they were just never going to get a real fair shot to play here. They just weren't. And those two guys threw a combined three passes over five collective college seasons. Because Colton got here in 2021 and Tanner Bailey got here in 2022. And then on defense, you've got linebacker slash Edge defender Diamond Westmoreland and defensive tackle Felix Hickson both announcing that they are entering the transfer portal. Both of those guys played a combined two games in 2023. Now, you might be sitting here and wondering, okay, Andrew, well, why are you bringing up all of these particular players? Well, here's why. It seems like with all these guys that either came from the 2021 or the 2022 recruiting class, if you are not even making consistent appearances on, say, special teams, for example, then you are being encouraged to look elsewhere. Again, this is why I said earlier, this is a total just shot in the dark. This is a hypothesis of mine, an opinion of mine. I'm not saying that this is indeed what Shane Beamer is doing, but the way that some analysts in the sport of college football are terming this right now is fat trimming. In essence... A bunch of players that, quite frankly, have not made much of an impact to this point in their career and probably don't project to make much of an impact throughout the rest of their time at their current stop. And these days, with how much roster turnover that you could possibly be dealing with at the end of a given season, like South Carolina witnessed at the end of last year, and like they could continue to go through at the beginning of this week with the undergraduate transfer window now opening up, Shaber and this staff... Shea Beaver especially, I think that what may be happening here is he is realizing that, you know, look, I don't want to have to basically tell some of these kids that they got to go somewhere else, that they got to transfer out of here and go to a lower level or find a different school that's going to give them a shot. But at the same time, if I know deep down that these guys are not going to have much of a chance to do anything for my program and my team the next couple of years, why would I hold on to them? 
And again, that sounds harsh. It really sounds harsh. I don't like saying this because we're talking about college kids here. But again, with the transfer portal in NIL and the way that things are right now, this is essentially like the NFL, but there is no structure to it at all. NFL free agency. Now, does that mean that Schaefer again is going to go to the extreme and bring in, like, say, 40 different players from the transfer portal like a Deion Sanders, even though it's two different sets of circumstances? No, does not mean that. However, I know that a lot of people have been very concerned, particularly about the wide receiver position, because, again, you look at that position, you go, oh, my gosh, that's like five scholarship players that are walking out the door. Is there something going on in the building? You know, are they is something up with Coach Stepp, the wide receivers coach for South Carolina? And my whole point here is I don't necessarily think that that's what's going on here. Obviously, with Juice Wells, you're not trying to push him out the door. You're probably not trying to push Omega Blake out the door. Landon Sampson, I think that for certain reasons, he really he needed to go in the portal, and I would expect him to go back to the state of Texas and try to be closer to home. That one was not a surprise to me, and I don't think many fans that paid attention to that uh, situation that's played out there. But I think that with a lot of these players, it's a simple case of we've got to bring in players that at the very least, you know, maybe they need just a year to develop in order to get ready to help us by contributing in some way, shape, or form. Quarterback, obviously, it's a bit tougher because, obviously, you're not going to have one quarterback take one series of snaps and then another quarterback take the next series of snaps. But a wide receiver, for example, if you're two, three years in and you're not even contributing on a special teams unit every single week, then the staff is literally, based on just the snaps, they're not getting anything out of you. And now, with... With the way the portal is, it does not incentivize you, it does not benefit you to hold on to guys that, realistically speaking, are probably not going to do very much for you throughout their entire career at your school. So, I feel like that Shea Bieber is changing his transportal strategy slightly, and I think when you look at some of these guys and what they maybe were not able to accomplish here at South Carolina... I think it gives you a big clue as to what they might be getting ready to do over the next several weeks. But of course, again, we'll see how all of that plays out with the guys that both leave this program and the guys that they bring into this program at the same time. Now, in terms of players that could come to South Carolina, obviously, I know that there's always a couple of certain players that everybody wants to see the team bring in. And everybody usually goes to, you know, a portal rankings list, and they take like some of the top 15, 20 players. We're not going to do that necessarily. We're going to talk about some of the guys that South Carolina has actually offered and or are reportedly interested in, and we're going to make a quick top five wish list of players that I think South Carolina would like to bring in over the next few weeks. We're going to touch on all those guys in just a few moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Now, as a small business owner, it is officially the holiday season. It is the month of December, and it is, therefore, probably the busiest time of year for your small business. And so, obviously, you want to try to make sure that you find the right people that can fulfill certain roles so that you don't have to stress out over all the things that you got to do over the next several weeks and or months. 
And so for that reason, you need to go check out LinkedIn Jobs today. It's really simple and easy. All you got to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and utilize a tool like screening questions to filter through all the viable candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions still apply. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, a big thank you to all of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch on YouTube or your first listen wherever you get your audio podcast daily. All right, let's talk about maybe a portal target wish list here for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. And in terms of a portal target wish list, wide receivers and offensive linemen rule the day, in my opinion. Those are the two positions where so far the Gamecocks have dispensed the most public offers to this point. So let's start off with number one. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this guy because I actually talked about him sometime in the middle of last week. But my number one portal target on South Carolina's wish list is Florida International wide receiver Chris Mitchell. If you want to know about a guy that has had an Xavier Leggett type of trajectory throughout their college career, Chris Mitchell is your guy. He had about 450 career receiving yards heading into the 2023 season. And then he proceeded to record over 1,100 receiving yards this fall. He's a guy that consistently performed at a high level week in and week out, and that included some of their biggest, comp- and that included some of their toughest competition with the likes of Liberty, Jacksonville State, I believe New Mexico State, and also an SEC team in the Arkansas Razorbacks. All of that plus his stats indicate that his skill set could translate to the SEC. And again, we just talked about earlier for South Carolina, that wide receiver room, it is barren right now. They need some guys and they need a dude out there that can be their number one wide receiver. Nicholas Harper, for all the talent that he has and all the athletic traits that he possesses, he's not ready for that kind of role yet. You got to get somebody in there that's got experience and that, yes, even though Chris Mitchell plays at the group of five level, or at least has for the last few years, that doesn't mean that he cannot compete at this level. Hate to bring him up, but again, you know, we saw what Juice Wells did. He balled out at James Madison, which at the time was still an FCS program. He comes to the SEC, immediately becomes one of the best wideouts in this conference. So it is definitely possible at that spot. So Chris Mitchell is at number one. Number two, I got Southern Mississippi offensive lineman Jerquan Scott. Now, the first thing that sticks out to me here is the amount of experience that Scott possesses. He has started 40 games throughout his college football career. And the thing is, he has played in one of the toughest group of five conferences in the entire sport in the Sun Belt over the past few years. So, for that reason, it gives him a leg up over another offensive lineman that I'll talk about a little bit more in just a moment. But... When looking at some of his pro football focus grades for the 2023 season, his strengths seem to lie more so in pass protection because he had a pass blocking grade of 64.6 or higher in eight games in 2023. 
For South Carolina, again, they ranked in like the bottom 15 in the entire country this past season when it came to sacks allowed. So, clearly, even though you're bringing a lot of those guys back, you would expect them to be a little bit better next year and a lot deeper, more talented with the guys coming in. You should still probably get a guy or two up front to help fortify your pass protection abilities, especially along the interior. So... For that reason, Jaquan Scott is number two on my list. Number three, I got another offensive lineman, a man from UTEP in Justin Mayers. Now, when you look at his pro football focus grades, this guy across the board, there's very few weaknesses. His overall offensive grade is 77.9. His run blocking grade is 76.3. And his pass blocking grade for this past season was 84.1. Really good grades across the board. 90 or above is considered elite. So these are basically good to great grades here for Justin Mayers. Now, you might be wondering, well, Andrew, if those grades are so good, why do you have him third behind Jaquan Scott? Well, the reason I have Justin Mayers third is because he played in Conference USA with the UTEP Miners. And the thing about UTEP is they played in a conference that had A really top-heavy group there. Five of the nine teams in Conference USA lost eight games or more in the 2023 season. And UTEP was one of those teams. So while sure, Justin Mayers, again, seemed to perform quite well this past football season, I don't think you can overlook the fact that he played against some really bad competition for the most part in Conference USA. And for a position like offensive line, very rarely do you see a guy that performed really well at a lower level just leapfrog up to a conference like the SEC and maintain that kind of performance. Maybe he could, but I have to admit that would be a touch of a red flag for me if I was champion in the staff. Now, at number four, I got North Texas wide receiver Jamori Macklin. Now, Macklin is the player that I was alluding to on my live show that I did this past Thursday evening. He's the younger cousin of former NFL wideout and Missouri star wide receiver Jeremy Macklin. He's got NFL bloodlines, so obviously that's a positive right there. Also, when watching some of his tape, he's got great hand-eye coordination, and he's got what I would call sticky hands. When the ball hits his gloves or his hands, He's not letting go of that football. He's not kind of juggling it in midair, trying to secure it. No, he's pretty much got the football nip and tuck in. You're going to have a hard time getting it out of his hands. He also was a 1,000-plus yard receiver at North Texas this past year. And he actually originally started off at Missouri in 2020-2021 before transferring to North Texas. So even though he did not make much of an impact during that time frame, he does have experience in the SEC conference. So it would be nice to have a guy who understands the landscape back in the SEC, but this time with the Gamecocks. That's why I got Macklin at number four. At number five, I got Purdue wide receiver Abdur Rahman Yassin. Now, Abdur, the thing about him is he's got power four starting experience. So obviously that is extremely important right then and there. That's a check mark. The problem with him, the reason why I have him fifth on this list, he has had some injury issues. He missed most of the 2021 season, part of 2022, and half of the 2023 season, all because of injury. So admittedly, when you miss that much time over the course of three years, then honestly, you are injury prone. And with 
Abdur, you know, if that's happening in the Big Ten, where obviously they're known for their defenses and they are known for their physicality on that side of the ball, what all is going to happen if he comes to the SEC and he faces, you know, much better athletes from an individual standpoint, guys that are faster and a lot of guys that are stronger, quite frankly. Um, you know, th- that would be a red flag there as well. But I still think that with what when he has been healthy, he's been a very solid wide receiver at the power four level. So Abdur, again, injuries would have to be something you would have to vet. But in my opinion, he would still be fifth on South Carolina's portal target wish list out of all the guys that we know that they are pursuing or they have offered up to this point in time. And now we get into a really tough conversation here about uh, Antoine Juice Wells, who did officially announce on Sunday night that he was entering the transfer portal. And he made an interesting decision regarding that announcement post on social media. And there was some um, visceral responses that were sent his way by Gamecock fans. So the question that I want to ask is, do Gamecock fans have a right to be upset with Antoine Juice Wells? We'll dive into that discussion in just a few moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers on FanDuel can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. We got Monday Night Football coming up later this evening as the Cincinnati Bengals go on the road to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The money line for this Bengals squad is set at plus 385, while it is set at minus 500 for Jacksonville. So the Jaguars, pretty big favorite in this matchup. But Joe Burrow, we all know what he can do when he is on a roll. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. Alrighty, let's talk about that post that got put out on X, and I'm assuming on Instagram by Antoine Juice Wells on Sunday night regarding his official decision to enter the transfer portal. I'm not going to read his quote or his post at all, so if you're interested in reading that in its entirety, feel free to go on social media and check it out for yourself. But... Here's what I will say. I know that a lot of Gamecock fans are very unhappy right now with Antoine Juice Wells. Um, If you go and look on X, for example, when I last looked at it on Sunday night, the likes were barely doubling the quote tweets. And for those of you that are not very uh, versed with X, that basically is usually not a good sign. When there's that many quote tweets on your post, and you've got like hundreds and hundreds of likes with your post, um, yeah, you're you're getting a lot of pretty negative responses from a plethora of people. That's what was happening with Antoine Juice Wells. Now, admittedly, we're going to dive into a bit of speculation here, so bear with me. Um, I know a lot of Gamecock fans already are unhappy right now because of the fact that Antoine Juice Wells is simply leaving. Because with South Carolina fans, and this is something that, quite frankly, 
the rest of the sport, a lot of the fan bases and some national media people just don't understand about South Carolina's fan base. South Carolina is kind of like, it's kind of like when you go back to elementary school, middle school, and your class had dodgeball. And a couple captains got picked, and then, you know, of course, the captains stand there, they pick all their teammates that they want. For South Carolina, for one reason or another, most often, they are one of the last teams picked. It's kind of the way that South Carolina fans have always felt. It's kind of the way that South Carolina has always felt. The perennial underdogs. People look down on us. People are condescending about our status. People think that we are, you know, we're below them. And so for that very reason, when people, when I, when football players and coaches commit to coming to South Carolina, it is different here. It is just different. Because South Carolina fans, they love this program. They love this university. They will bleed garden black until the day they are gone. And when people decide to come here, for South Carolina fans, they view them in the same light. You love the Gamecocks just as much as I do. And so with this new era of the transfer portal, when somebody already decides that they are going to leave South Carolina's football program, Gamecock fans already take it as a bit of a slight. Because again, they think that you can accomplish everything that you want to accomplish here at South Carolina. It's an SEC school. Top-notch facilities, really good academics. You got solid coaches on this staff. You've got SEC resources. You've got fan support. In Gamecock fans' minds, you have everything that you need to be successful here. And so when you decide that you're better off going elsewhere, and it is truly your decision at the end of the day, Gamecock fans, uh, they don't they don't take it well. They won't. For Antoine Juswell's case, and this is where the speculation comes into play a little bit here. Antoine Juswell is obviously, he missed the majority of the 2023 season due to some foot injuries. Um, he he had, I think, a foot issue back in fall camp. And then, of course, he tried to play the first couple of games. Clearly was not 100%. Then he goes out against Georgia in week three. Balls out on the first drive. Scores the opening touchdown for that whole ball game. And then he has another foot issue. Takes him out of that game. Turns out to take him out for the rest of the season. Here's the rumor. The rumor that's going around Columbia right now is that apparently Antoine Juice Wells could have come back and played for this team at the end of the season, in the month of November. I can't verify this. I don't have anyone that's told me this specifically. But this is a rumor that has been going around all the Gamecock sports circles. For the past 48 hours or so. The other part of this rumor. Is. Juice Wells. Supposedly got paid pretty handsomely. In terms of NIL to come back this season. Obviously again. He could have left for the NFL. After the 2022 season. But he chose to come back. Try to maybe get his draft stuck up a little bit more. And Spencer Rattler also. Was going to be here. And Spencer Rattler's his guy. Spencer Rattler was going to ball out. And dialogue its offense. Which he still did. For the most part. And they were going to, you know, be first round draft picks and everything. It did not go that way for Antoine Juice Wells. And so you do feel for him in that regard. But here's the thing. If all those rumors are true, Juice Wells getting paid in the higher levels in terms of six figures. 
and NIL money. He could have come back, but he chose not to. If all that is true, and then now he's decided to enter the portal, about two weeks after he originally seemed to indicate he was going to come back for next year, you add all that together, Gamecock fans are livid with him. As far as he's concerned, that bridge is burned. And there's no coming back to the other side ever again. That's the way Gamecock fans have handled it. At least a lot of Gamecock fans. Not everybody, but a lot of them. And again, if you don't fully believe me, just go and look at the quote tweets on Juice Wells' post on X. And then you understand where I'm coming from there. Here's the thing I want to say. Do Gamecock fans have a right to be upset with Antoine Juice Wells? I asked that question earlier in the show. If everything that I just mentioned is true, then I think the answer is yes. I can totally understand why you'd be upset with Antoine Juice Wells. More than disappointed or unhappy that he's leaving, but actually legitimately upset. I can totally understand that. Here's the thing that I think Gamecock fans are going to have to learn. Some of these transfers, a good amount of these transfers, I should say, they don't love this school and this program like y'all do. They just don't. That's not to make it like they don't respect the school and program or the players or the coaching staff. I'm not trying to make it out like, you know, these transportal players quite literally are just here for the money and then leaving. I'm not trying to make it out like that's the case. I know it comes off that way when a guy like Juice Wells potentially does something like that on his end, allegedly. But I'll use a phrase that's been thrown around again by other people in the college football space. Uh, a lot of these transfer portal guys, they are like hired mercenaries. They are. So they're not going to view your program like you do. And for South Carolina, again, a fan base that's so loyal, they've sat through 21, 22 straight losses before, and they did not leave. That's how much South Carolina fans love this place, love this program, love williams Bryce Stadium, love everything about the program. It's not going to be that way moving forward. Not as much as it once used to be. You used to be able to pick a player that you could follow for three, four years, and your kid your kid could fall in love with that player. It could be their role model. It could be their favorite player throughout their entire time at South Carolina. It's not, it's not going to be like that anymore. Not this day and age. You'll see some high school kids still come here and stick around for their whole four, five, six years, and they'll love it here. They'll be another carry-on joiner or an Xavier Leggett or Connor Shaw or, you know, Luke Doty. Any of those guys, they'll be just like them. But you'll also see probably other guys like Juice Wells. Maybe not to this degree because I can promise you, I think Shane Beamer is going to do everything in his power to make sure that something like that does not ever happen again. I think Shane Beamer's probably sick of being gypped a little bit with this stuff. But if, again, it played out that way, I should once again emphasize that. But Gamecock fans, it's going to be different from this point moving forward. So... My advice to you would be, as much as you might be upset, because I and I sympathize with it, don't get on X and don't bash Juice, because it's not going to change anything at this point. It's just not. So, you have a right to be upset, but understand, again, this is the new reality in college football. And as much as you may love this program, and a lot of people love this program, not every player is going to feel the same way, especially those that don't start out their careers here. So... With that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are y'all's thoughts on 
some of the trends that are showing up with some of these portal defections for South Carolina, do you think that it is indicative of a potential new strategy for Shane Beamer and his staff, at least for the 2023 offseason? What are your thoughts on the transfer portal wish list that I put together earlier in the show? And lastly, what are your overall thoughts on Juice Wells leaving? I think I know what your thoughts are, but I will ask you to put them down there anyways in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or you can shoot me a direct message on X at a line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday and a fantastic start to the work week. I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.